Welcome to the Every Nation Rosebank Church Podcast. At our church, we honor God, make disciples, and transform nations. For more information about our church, visit everynationrosebank.org and don't forget to subscribe. We are studying a series called Healthy Relationships. We've been talking about... um, Uh, the importance of having a strong faith doctrine, understanding what faith is. Now we'll be talking about healthy relationships. I'm sure you all noticed how I intentionally did not want to speak about sports because pirates beat Chiefs yesterday. So I don't speak about soccer. I don't watch soccer because I'm still celebrating the Rugby World Cup win. I'm still living there. I'm grateful to God, and we have a golf day coming up. So right now, I'm only talking rugby and golf and cricket. No soccer, no soccer. But we congratulate you, Pirates. We congratulate you. Uh, My wife says thank you. Please pray for my marriage. Mm. On that note, healthy relationships. They do exist. All you need to do is to make a real connection. Make a real connection. I don't know if you've ever heard about this concept called crowded loneliness. You can be in a crowd but still be lonely if you choose not to make healthy connections. If you choose not to make real connections, you can be in a crowd and still be lonely. So I thought the best way to start this... uh, Seven series is looking at healthy me. How am I showing up in relationships? Can I just put it to you right from the beginning of the sermon today that how you show up in relationships is because of how you show up for yourselves. How you show up for yourself is how you show up in relationships. In case you're still trying to figure out what that means is if you have not learned to love yourself, to look after yourself, you'll not be able to do it for others. Okay, let's deal with some myth busters because you don't believe what I said. Let me try something else. Here's some myth busters or hard truths. Some people think marriage will sort out all my issues. Once I get married, all these issues that I've been carrying will be taken care of. Some people even think that I'll take care of it once I'm married because once I'm married, I'm going to have someone else to help me deal with this. Let me give you the hard truth. Let me give you the hard truth. The hard truth is marriage will expose your issues even more. It will expose them even more. Okay, I just said in the first service, and I'll say it again here because I've got a witness. My wife is a witness. Before I got married, I thought I was Mr. Perfect. I thought I was Mr. S.A., literally, because my initials are S.A. So you can imagine every time I filled the forms, I would be Mr. S.A. And then I got married. Marriage is like that mirror that you've been avoiding all your life, and then you start seeing the what's and things that you never saw before. And man, I have been humbled. I have been abased. But here's the good news. You will heal when you choose to surrender to the process 
of being abased, of being humbled. You'll be changed. You'll become a better person when you choose to say, Lord, work in my heart. Make me healthy. Marriage will help you to grow. But do not wait until you're married to grow and to deal with your issues. Sorry, I'm only starting with bad news this morning. Another bad news is marriage will resolve my loneliness. And some people are saying, Hi, Bo, Kanti, why do we get married? You can still be married and be lonely. You can be next to the person that really loves you, but yet they are connected more to this man than to you. Sorry, it's the hard truth. You can still be married and be lonely, and we're going to talk about that today, how to address that. And then the third one, which some people will think, does this really happen? People think that having babies will make us happy. Having children will make us happy. Here's the hard truth. In fact, having children will test the strength of your relationship, will test the strength of your marriage. We as pastors, we see things, by the way, I don't want to say them, like a couple who says, no, 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 no. if we have the second child, things will go well. You can tell something is wrong with that statement. Again, how we show up for ourselves, that's how we show up in our relationships. So, I have been growing, I'm still growing, because the work that I did before I got married has helped me to be the person that I show up in in my marriage. And yet still there's work in progress, only if I surrender to that work that God is doing. I'm going to say it again. How we show up for ourselves, that's how we show up in relationships. Now, get me right, I'm not talking about selfishness. I'm far from talking about selfishness. I'm talking about understanding how to care for yourselves, how to love yourself so that you can be able to love others. So let's go to the Word of God today. The Word of God is from Mark chapter 12, verse 28. And... Uh, I must just uh, make this announcement that as I'm watching the time, we have an amazing opportunity in Rwanda uh, to plant a church there. So myself and Pastor Dorian, we've been invited to a, a business conference this week uh, in Rwanda. So after the service, I'm heading to the airport. And then uh, the niece of the president of Rwanda was discipled at the Every Nation Church in Mauritius. And she says, we need an Every Nation Church here in Rwanda. We need an Every Nation Church in Rwanda. And then she and her husband offered to get me from the airport. And I said, yeah, if you bring presidential uh, limousine, I'll be there. I'll be ready. I'll bring the testimony next week. The great commandment. Verse 28, one of the scribes came up to Jesus and had them disputing with one another. And seeing that he answered them well, asked him, which of the commandments is the most important of all? Jesus answered, the most important is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Very significant there. The Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. 
The second is this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And the scribe said to him, you are right, teacher. You have truly said that he is the one and there is no one besides him. We continue to read verse 33. And to love him with all the heart and with all the understanding and with all the strength. And to love one's neighbor as oneself, repetition, is more than all the whole bent offerings and the sacrifices that we have as Israel. And when Jesus saw that he answered wisely, he said to him, you are not far from the kingdom of God. After that, no one dared to ask him any more questions. This is the word of the Lord. So friends, from the scripture that we've read, there's some couple of things that are important that helps us to understand what it means to love and be healthy. What it means to love oneself. It starts by teaching us that the Lord our God is one. When you read it in the Hebrew, say, Oh Shema Israel, the Lord our God is one. What it means when it says the Lord our God is one is God is one person, three natures. And some people struggle with that. It's like, I don't understand how can he be one person with three natures. The same way that he created us, body, soul, and spirit. One person, three natures. And some people struggle with the fact that, so if God is divine from infinity to infinity, how come that Jesus came in human form? Are we now believing in eternal subordination that the Son of Jesus, the Son of God is eternally subordinate to the Father? That is wrong. No, Jesus is equal to the Father that remains. Oh, Israel, the Lord our God is one. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are one. So out of that, we see this picture of the cross. So if we want to have healthy relationship, we are in love with this one triune God, and then also we are in love with one another. The same way Greg led us so well this morning in understanding the love of God, how much he wants to love us. So if we want to be healthy people, it starts with us loving God. Knowing how to love God. Knowing to be loved by God. Can I just submit to you that some of us, we don't even know how to be loved by God. We struggle to be loved by God. The reason why we even struggle to love ourselves is because we haven't learned to be loved by God who accepts us the way we are. We don't have to change to be something else. He made us the way we are. So let's learn to be loved by God. So with that in mind, we're going to look at uh, the love of God and how we ought to love God if we want to be healthy. We're going to look at how to love yourselves, not selfishness, how to care for yourself, how to look after yourself so that you can love others. And most of what I'll do this morning will be more of a conversation more than me preaching because I'm making an appeal to you today. This is an appeal. As we start this Healthy Relationship Sermon Series, my appeal to you is do business with God. Do business with God. There's certain things that I'm going to share this morning that may touch you in an uncomfortable way. But if it's touching you in an uncomfortable way, it means we have to go there. So the Bible starts by saying this is how we can be healthy. 
This is how we can be healthy. How can we be healthy? We love God. How do we love God? With all our heart, with all our soul, with all our minds, and with all our strength. So to put it in simple terms to help us understand is body, soul, and spirit. Are we together? So when we talk about the body is the heart and the strength. When we talk about the soul is the seat of our emotions and feelings connected to the spirit. And I'll explain it a little bit later. And then the mind is the seat of thoughts, ideas, and decisions. So I've got a couple of questions for you. The first question is when we talk about the mind is how are you glorifying God with your decisions? How are you glorifying God with your ideas? How are you glorifying God even with your thoughts? How are you glorifying God? How are you loving God? Let me remind you, Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed to this world. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Re make sure that your mind is renewed through the word on a daily basis, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good, acceptable, and perfect. How do we renew our minds? is by being in the Word. I hope you read this Word because it will renew your mind. Let's continue. The soul. I know that some people struggle to understand how is the soul connected to the Spirit. We have a scripture in the Word that helps us to understand how the Word of God works. It says in Hebrews 4 verse 12, For the Word of God is living and... The word of God is living and this word is alive and it is active. I remember Pastor Bill used to say that the only book that you go to that when you read it, it reads you. Because it is active. The word of God is living and it's alive. So I don't know about you. When I get into this word, there are times I'm feeling down, but this word awakens my soul. So when we talk about loving God is by being in the word and allow this living, active organism to transform us. It continues to say that it pierces through the division of the soul and spirit. So the word of God is able to come in there and divides the soul and spirit. So it means that the word of God helps the soul to connect to the spirit, our spirit, which connect to the spirit of God. Do you get it? So the soul and the spirit are one, but when the word of God comes in, it helps the soul through our spirits to connect to the spirit of God. It means if you're not in the word, you're not helping your soul to connect with God. You're not helping your soul through the spirit to connect with God. As I was pondering about this, it really hit me hard that the reason many of us Christians are not connected to God, our, our souls are estranged to God, is because we forgot the love letter. We forgot to read the love letter. God speaks to us through this letter, through this word. So when we say we want to be healthy Christians, healthy me, show up in a healthy way in relationships, it starts with us being in the Word. Can I hear amen? amen. Again, 3 John 1, 2 says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health. Be a healthy being. Be in health just as your soul prospers. 
So basically, the author here, John, says, my presupposition is that your soul is prospering. Because if your soul is not prospering, you will not be healthy. So if you want your soul to prosper, be in the Word. If you want to be a healthy Christian, be in the Word. If you want to be a healthy husband, healthy wife, be in the Word. It says, loving Him, body and strength. The strength is the heart and the strength together represents the body. How do I glorify God with my body, with my strength? I can give you many examples, but I chose this one. Exercise and building your muscle is one of the many examples of how we can glorify God with our strengths. I know we don't like to talk about exercise, but it's important. Can I hear amen? amen. I'm going to give you a good reason of why you should exercise. Exercise, it can mean walking. Exercise, it can mean going to the gym. It can mean running. It can mean cycle. It's, there's a whole lot of ways we can exercise, and it's in the Bible. Paul advised Timothy to exercise. But this is what I love. As I was reading this, I was discussing with my son, who's much more consistent going to gym than myself, and it shows. <laughs> I've got a witness. You, you can see how buff is becoming. And this is what happens. I was having a conversation with him. He schooled me, and then I went to research it. Building muscles takes time and proper training. It involves a physiological process called hypertrophy. I'm learning big terms now. Hypertrophy is, it stresses the tissues and breaks them down and triggers the body to rebuild bigger and stronger tissues. It's a bit counterintuitive. By pulling up the weights... You are exerting pain. You're stretching your muscles. And what happens inside is that the tissues and the cells are breaking. And it is through the process of breaking that actually they are built up. There's more cells and tissues that are bigger and stronger that are built up. And then I had a revelation. It means that one of the ways we can glorify God and love God is when we go through a process of stretching and breaking, we can glorify God because we know we're going to come out stronger. When we go through the stretching, through the breaking, we're going to come out stronger. That was my revelation. How do I love God even when things are tough in South Africa? How do I love God when things are not going my way? How do I love God when things are stretching and breaking and not working? Maybe I can love God by believing that he can see us through the challenges we are facing. So loving God with your strength. I've never had it being preached before. How do I love God with my strength? Is that even when my strength is weak, I will worship the Lord. Even when I'm feeling weak, I'll worship the Lord. Even when things are stolen in my house, I will worship the Lord. I'm preaching to myself right now. It is so important that we know how to love God with all our beings. That even through the stretching, through the breaking, that we love God. Work on your relationship with God. The more we love God, the more we'll know how to love ourselves and love other people. This is something that got me thinking. 
a book that we've been reading in preparation for the sermon series is How Should a Christian Date? Some of the topics we're going to look at is healthy dating, healthy engagement, healthy courtship, healthy marriage. So this book, Eric Demeter says, fill yourself with God and do not expect others to be the ones to fill you. Fill yourself with God. Don't expect others to fill you. So I found that there's certain relationships that the one person is busy filling themselves with God. Then when you meet with your partner, all they do is just to draw and draw and draw and draw and draw and draw until to such a time you say, but dude, dude, I think you need to fix something here. You need to fill yourself with God so that when we come together, imagine two people who are filled with God coming together. Let's bring it to church. If all of us during the week we were filling ourselves with God, we were in the Word, we are praying, when we come together for celebration, it will be fireworks. It will be fireworks. Because God enjoys the gathering of the saints. He shows up. All we got to do is let's not wait for others to fill us. Let's fill ourselves. I'm reminded of this triangle. We talk about it a lot when we... Uh, do pre-marriage counseling, that uh, marriage, and it also works in relationships or friendships, is like a, an equilateral triangle. So equilateral triangle, it means the triangle with all the sides being equal. It means if the spouse is here, the other spouse is here, husband, wife, this is God at the top. The closer we get to God, the closer we get to one another. That is why it's important to work on our relationship with God first. When we work on our relationship with God, then we'll be closer to one another. Ultimately, we're going to meet up there. Maybe let me explain it in a different way. Pastor Jim Lafoon and Kathy Lafoon once uh, shared with my wife how they deal with conflict in their marriage. And the statement and the phrase they use is this, is that when we are fighting with one another, we are very quick to race each other to the cross. When we race each other to the cross and we meet at the cross, we start seeing each other the way God sees the other person. And it's easy to forgive. It's easy to forgive because you're seeing them the way that God sees them, not in your own natural eyes. Can we race each other to the cross? Can we race each other to the cross? Even in our friendships, can we race each other to the cross? Here at the church, we will hurt you. We will disappoint you. We will say things that may not sit well with you. We will sing certain songs that are not great, but can we race each other to the cross? When you race each other to the cross, we'll realize there's something bigger that God is doing here than myself. Amen. How we show up for ourselves, that's how we show up in relationships. The next point I want to bring to us this morning is love yourself first before you can love others. The Bible says you shall love your neighbor as yourself. So my submission to you is how can you love others as yourself if you have not learned to love yourself? If you have not taught yourself, if you have not learned how do I love me first, how will I be able to love others? Proverbs 4.23 Keep guard of your heart with all vigilance or diligence, for from it springs, flow springs of life. From the heart flows the springs of life. 
Now, the best way to describe it to you is what you consume is what will come out of your heart. What you consume is what will come out of your heart. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So when you speak is what you have been storing in your heart. Are you storing kindness? Are you storing love? Are you storing goodness? Are you storing faithfulness, truthfulness? If you store those good things, that's what will come out of your mouth. So, let's bring it close to home. One of the ways to love ourselves is not just the good things that we do. We're going to get to that self-care, but it's also making sure that the soul is in a good place. I'm responsible for my own life. I cannot blame others. I need to take responsibility for the things that are happening in my life. For example, what are the patterns in my life that I need to deal with? Addictions. I can give you one story after the other of how addictions impact relationships. And if you are a single person and you're addicted to something, deal with it now. Don't think that marriage will solve it. If you're struggling with pornography, don't think that sex in marriage will fix it. It's going to be worse because you'll be treating your wife or your spouse as an object. Deal with it now. Addiction is not only pornography. It's not only drugs. We are addicted to this man here. You you can see I have a love-hate relationship with this man. I've seen that part of the loneliness, you might have seen the photos I've shown in the past of... uh, Couples sitting in bed and everyone on their phones. Maybe you have a way to figure it out. My wife and I are still trying to figure it out. Right, baby? It's important. <laughs> I'm, I'm, by the way, I'm preaching to myself. My wife is good. I'm the one who needs to repent. This is something I had to learn from one of my kids. Dad, listen with your eyes. Listen with your eyes. I'm saying this because my wife will be talking to me and I'm busy. I'm just finishing a message. I'm not listening with my eyes. My wife is so good. She says, what did I say? Um, (laughs) I repent. Addictions. Debt. Deal with debt before you get married, please. You don't want to carry debt into marriage. You'll be starting your relationship with the wrong footing. Mental health issues. Get help. Thankfully, in this church, we've been dealing with mental health. We, we, we're removing the stigma. Own up. If I'm wrestling with depression, anxiety, I own up so that we can be healthy. Patterns of relating to friends and romantic interests. Soul ties. We can talk all day about that. If you're not having healthy romantic relationships, meaning that you know when a relationship is supposed to be exclusive with one person, not you have exclusive here, exclusive there, exclusive there. (laughs) We'll leave that for, in two weeks' time, we'll be dealing with that in two weeks' time. Yeah, we have exclusives. No, it's supposed to be exclusive. Exclusive. If you move your relationship to one person, that exclusive relationship is one. Can we just be clear? Can I hear amen? I'm just talking to the brothers now. Can I hear amen, brothers? Thank you. We are doing a healthy relationship series. Let's deal. Let's deal. It's so important to deal with romantic interests that we do it well. We're going to talk about it. Healthy friendships next week. Lying. 
preaching to myself. By the way, there is no half-truth. There's only truth and lies. There is nothing in the middle. If only our politician knew that there's no half-truth, I think our world would be different. There's no half-truth. Don't think that, oh man, you know, I was just trying to make them understand. No, you're either telling the truth or you're lying. Previous abuse and trauma, very important. We deal, deal with your past. Go to victory training. Deal with your past. Get help because if you carry that into the relationship, it's going to destroy your relationships. Forgiveness. We can talk about this all day long. If you carry unforgiveness into relationships, you're going to struggle to forgive in those relationships. Deal with forgiveness issues from the previous relationships. Don't carry it into new relationships. The last one I want to focus a little bit on is because we live in a broken world, we, 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 we don't realize that we carry our brokenness into relationships. We actually, instead of carrying our wholeness, completeness into relationships, we carry our brokenness into relationships. I thought I should just give you one example. I noticed that growing up that my dad was a perfectionist. One of the things that he would do is that we'd come home, we've passed, you get 50, and then the first question will be, you, you can get 60. <laughs> that will be the first question. You can get 60. And then you show up. Some people might identify with this. You get 60. And then he asks, you can get 70. What happened to the other 10%? Then you work hard. And then you get 80, actually. You jump the 70. And then he says, what about the other 10%? You can do more. And that's when I realized you'll never arrive. Yeah. <laughs> you'll never arrive. You can never arrive. You can never arrive. I mean, you can never arrive. And then you live all your life trying to please. I didn't realize I was carrying this brokenness of I was trying to please my dad. So every time I tried in all the relationships I've been in, I'm pleasing and pleasing and pleasing. But I never arrive. When am I going to arrive? I want to speak like Prophet Greg now. I said, enough is enough, Greg. I said, I We're done. I can't do this anymore. But you know what's so interesting about that is, as I fought hard and I've prayed hard, I've tried to deal with this brokenness that I carried from my dad is I thought I'm good now. I thought I've dealt with it. I thought, man, I've been to victory training 10 times. I must be good now. But I realized it's actually a layer of an onion. Every time I go, God deals with something new, something different. So just when I thought that I've dealt with this thing with my dad, earlier this year, one of my daughters shows up with 98% in meds. And they know how much I like mats. You know, I've been preaching about equilateral triangles, you know. That's my language at home. I love mats. For some reason, I love mats. I know some people have a love-hate relationship with mats. She rocks up. She goes, Daddy, Daddy, look, I got 98% for mats. And guess what was my first question? <laughs> guess what was my first question? What happened to the other 2%? Oh my goodness, the very thing I've been trying to fight all my life, I had to face it. I'm actually feeling so emotional now, seeing the look in her eyes. I repented, I've apologized, I've bought Paul's ice cream. 
I tell you, I'm still paying for it. I mean, but God was just showing me. You can never reach perfection with your own strength. You need me. I need God to help me to deal with my brokenness. I need God. I need God. And maybe bring it closer to home for all of us. Also, be careful not to live for the accolades of others. We live for the accolades of others. I'm going to give it to you in simple terms. Lecrae. Some of you will know Lecrae, uh, Christian rapper. Very, very, very successful. So many uh, Grammy Awards. He says this, if you live for the acceptance of others, you will die from rejection. If you live for the acceptance of others, you will die from rejection. Now, I was listening and watching his podcast this last week, and he was simply telling people his story, his testimony of how he came to Christ. He even says that, you know, even being a Christian, I had received so many accolades. I lived for the accolades of other people, but it was never enough. He uses this word, says, I was living in a $1 million house. I'm talking U.S. dollars, not rents. $1 million house. I was driving an S-class Mercedes-Benz, and on the highway while driving, I thought to myself, I want to kill myself or kill someone else. Because he was not happy with himself. He wanted to kill himself. He wanted to take his life. Accolades. He has all the accolades you can think of you want to have. And then he says that he went to the police station by God's grace. He drove himself to the police station just to tell them what was going on through him and his mind. And he says, little did you know that they were going to handcuff him and take him to a mental institution. <laughs> I think they were showing him love. But this is what I love about how God works. It says, while he was there at this uh, very uh, mental institution, a janitor, someone who was cleaning there, gave him the scripture to go and read. Zephaniah 3.17. The Lord your God is in your midst. He is with you. The Father is with you. The Mighty One, God, will save you. He will rejoice over you with gladness. So you're trying to get the accolades here, but this guy here... He's rejoicing over you with gladness. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. The more he pondered on that, I mean, go to the Hebrew. The Hebrew word for this word rejoices to spin around under violent emotion, to dance over someone. God is dancing over you. You are busy running for the accolades of others. You are busy running for the affirmation of others. The creator himself is dancing over you. The creator is loving on you. He loves you so much that he's saying to us this morning, you are fixated with the likes and the affirmation of the created when the creator is loving on you. We are fixated with the likes of others when the creator himself is dancing over us. Let me bring it close to home. We are so fixated with taking a selfie with a famous person. We are so good at posting about the concert that I've been to, but we never say anything about God. 
Never say, hey, I was at church today. Look at what God did. Or share testimony. What about making him known? We want to know him and make him known. But the key here is we want to be associated with famous people when actually the famous person is dancing over us. (laughs) Wow. The famous person, the famous person is saying, I love you the way you are. I made you. Okay, let me bring it even closer to home. On Thursday afternoon, I was um, pondering on this. I just finished preparing the sermon and I'm pondering on this sermon. And uh, I had an epiphany. This is a word I learned from Pastor David Webb. Uh, Epiphany, Pastor Webb. A sudden, powerful revelation. David Webb once preached a sermon called an epiphany. Go find it in our podcast. And epiphany is when you have a sudden revelation. And normally what amazes me about epiphany, it was something that I already knew, but I needed God to send an angel just to drop it in my soul. That do you realize that the way you are, your personality, your identity, the way you are wired was predetermined by God. You are who you are because God chose to be the way you are. So basically, if you don't like you, if you don't like me, you're simply rejecting who God has made you to be. And epiphany to me was, man, why don't I just like who God made me to be? If I like who God made me to be, that's the beginning of healthy me. Just if I'm okay with the way God made me to be, there is a purpose why God made me the way I am. Why do I want to change who I am? What I can change is how I show up. That I have control over. Do I show up as someone who doesn't know who they are? They don't know their identity. Or do I show up as someone who has a creator dancing over me? Wow, that hit me. It hit me that God says, I love you the way you are. I made you. And if you get that, you will show up differently. Do you know your values? What are my values? So first, when we talk about a healthy me and loving yourself, we're talking about understanding who God has created you to be, being okay with who you are, who God has made you to be. And then also the other thing is the issue of values, your non-negotiables. Some people actually don't have non-negotiables. You need to have non-negotiables. Non-negotiables are those core values. Alain DeGuire puts it this way, your core values are the driving force in your life. Living by your values is fundamental key on your way to becoming the person you want to be. Just live by your values. To achieve your goals and dreams as well as to establishing the basis of your relationship with yourself and others. Know your values. Write them down. What are my non-negotiables? Your core values are the driving force of your life. I like how Hanson and Goldsmith, they put it, a stronghold surrounded by a mesh are your values which is located in a hostile forest let me explain it to you so if you're in a hostile forest the world that we're living in is like a hostile forest when you're walking closer to me there will be a mesh a mesh are those values like the wetland you cannot build on those are my negotiables values we can negotiate those and then you come closer there's a stronghold of my non-negotiables Meaning that if you're going to treat me opposite to my non-negotiables, we're not going to be friends. Meaning that if you're not going to work with me according to my values, my core values, we will not be in a relationship. 
Even in business, it's so important to know who are the people that you partner with because if it's people that are always overstepping your non-negotiables, that relationship will not last. You need to know your non-negotiables. It's like truth, being truthful. It's like being faithful, keeping your promises, saying this is my value. If I said I'll be there at this time, I'll be there at that time. Can I hear amen today? If I say I'll be at church at 1045, that I'm at church at 1045, I did say I'm going to step on some toes. Because it's a value for me to show up for God. How am I showing up for God? When I go to work, I show up on time. But when I go to church, God will understand. How are you showing up for God? How are you showing up for yourself? I hope next week we will all be on time. Sometimes we want our friends to treat us with the values that we don't even have. We don't even have. We want them to be on time, but you're not on time. Be the person you want the other person to be, Andy Stanley says. Be the person. And it's good for those who are single, you're about to get married, you have a list of 50 things. Let's just put the mirror on yourself. Do you have those 50 things? Do you have the 50 things? I've walked with some men with a list of 10. But when I look, let's not go there. (laughs) Finally, on the issue of loving yourself, it's important to understand that uh, self-love will lead to self-care. If we can go to the next slide. Self-love. Love will lead to self-care. When you learn to love yourself, you'll care for yourself. Okay, let's bring it home quickly. I've got a plane to catch. How we show up for ourselves. That's how you'll show up in a relationship. Stop being guilty when you look after yourself. Stop being guilty when you treat yourself with Paul's ice cream. I'm just preaching to myself. Stop being guilty when you play golf or when you do something that you enjoy. Maybe when you go to the cinema, when you play whatever you enjoy. I don't know what it is. Stop feeling guilty. I know for myself there was a time I used to feel guilty when I go to gym trying to look after myself. I was like, I could be using this time for this and that. And man, I've been set free. Thank God I've been set free. One thing we don't realize is rest is a weapon. The enemy hates it because he knows that when you are rested, you show up differently. When you are rested, you show up differently. In relationships, at work, wherever you are, when you are rested, you show up differently. But when you're not rested, there's anxiety. When you're not rested, we call it a non-anxious presence. When you're rested, you have a non-anxious presence. I know for myself when I'm not rested, I have an anxious presence. I'm, ang- I'm anxious. But when I'm rested, I have a non-anxious presence. I thank God for the epiphany I have. I'm resting more and more in God. And knowing the way he's created me, he's happy with me, he's dancing over me. And he's dancing over you. Love others. If you learn to love yourself, the Bible says love 
one's neighbor as oneself. When you now put the oxygen mask on yourself, like they say in airplanes, put the oxygen mask on yourself before you put it on others. Learn to love yourself first. Because if you don't put the oxygen mask on yourself first, this is what you're going to do. You're going to try to help others while you are going down. In fact, uh, Henry Nguyen says, we need to learn to be wounded healers. A wounded healer is someone who has been healed and they realize that their wounds become a source of healing for others. Learn to love yourself so you can love others. I'm going to read you a scripture that we read a lot at weddings. But I'm going to read it very differently for us today before we wrap up. Uh, because I want to read you an article on crowded loneliness. So what I'm going to ask you to do if you're comfortable is Close your eyes. I'm going to read you 1 Corinthians 13. And as our eyes are closed, our heads are bowed, I'm reading 1 Corinthians 13, and I'm asking you to ask the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, show me where I need to improve in this area of loving other people. The Bible says love is patient. Are you patient in the way that you love other people? The Bible says love is kind. Are you kind? The Bible says do not envy, for love does not envy. Do not boast. Love does not boast. It is not arrogant. Love is not rude. It does not insist on its own way. Love does not violate others. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. Love never fails. Let's open our eyes. I'm encouraging you, go home. If the Holy Spirit showed you any area that you need to improve in the area of love and loving others, here's a blueprint, 1 Corinthians 13. I always look at it and I say, am I kind? Am I understanding? Not keeping the record of wrongs. That is love. Let me read you about crowded loneliness. An article in The Big Issue, a UK magazine, which is more about the homelessness and also single people, it pointed out that most people's image of loneliness in London is a frail old lady stuck in a 24th floor of a block of flats. In reality, it could equally be a young, fashionably dressed guy trying desperately to make a conversation with a girl standing right next to him in a crowded bar. Ouch. Being surrounded by so many people only compounds the feeling of isolation. Mother Teresa said, loneliness and the feeling of being uncared for and unwanted are the greatest poverty in the world. Loneliness is one of the greatest problems facing humanity today. The solitary human being is a contradiction in terms. 
Bishop Desmond Tutu writes. He continues to say, we are made for complementarity. We are created for a delicate network of relationships, of interdependence with the fellow human beings. We belong in one family that is God's family, the human family. The greatest good in communal harmony, God does not intend for you to be lonely or isolated. For the Bible says he sets the lonely in family. This is the part I like. Loneliness has been described as a homesickness for God. Loneliness has been described as homesickness for God. Because when we run to God, when we love God, he puts us into a community which is God's family that, is, that has to learn to love the way God loves. And we will begin to dance over each other and celebrate each other's successes, not just our own successes. Let's stand to pray. So, in order to be healthy in relationships, we need to love God with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, and all our strength. We need to learn to love ourselves, deal with negative patterns in our lives, know our values, and learn to care for ourselves. And then we need to love others because we are created for community, not for loneliness. Loneliness is homesickness for God. Let's bow our heads. I want to pray for those people who are struggling with loneliness. I want to pray for those people who may be lonely while they are in family, in marriage. I also want to pray for both single and married people struggling with being whole or completeness. There's no shame in the house of God. If you fall under any of these categories with our heads bowed, just raise both your hands to God and say, God, I want to be whole. I want to overcome loneliness. I want to overcome crowded loneliness. If you fall under any of those categories, just raise both your hands to God and God will see you. God who dances over us sees you this afternoon. Father, you see all those people whose hands are raised. Lord, I pray that they will know that you have made them, you've created them. And God, I pray and break the spirit of loneliness in the name of Jesus. We pray that, Father God, they will make a real connection, find just the right people with the same values as them, Father God, and build stronger together, Lord God, because we are created for community. Lord, help us to be able to deal with issues that bring us down, that we are not healthy. I pray for all these people who raise their hands that, God, they will have an encounter with you and come to a place of wholeness and show up differently. You can put your hands down. Lord, I pray for all of us. Challenge us, Father God, in the way that we have not shown up properly for ourselves. We have not shown up properly for you. We have not shown up properly for others. We repent, Lord God. Help us to show up properly for you. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Let's give God the praise.